Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you for time and place and people, purposeful. We find ourselves in the house of God, gathered with the people of God, listening to the word of God from the man of God. We pray that our time would be uh, an internal, eternal uh, impartation of your goodness, Lord. Uh, in you, your measure is one day is as a thousand years. So it might be today that affects the rest of our life and even generations, uh, our children's children, uh, as we line up with your word and your truth. Uh, we pray that you prosper your word in our hearts, that it would be a good seed planted in good hearts that would give forth good fruit and that you would be glorified in the manner in which we decide to line up in the obedience of your word and your commandments are not burdensome to us, Lord. They're actually refreshing. They mark the boundaries of your blessing. So allow us to understand your heart uh, and your purpose for our lives, that we might um, come high, to higher ground um, and elevate our thoughts as your thoughts. You say in Jeremiah 29:11 that you know the thoughts you have for us, thoughts to prosper us and to give us a future and a hope. And that's what we want, Lord. So align our lives up to your word so that we might see that reality and not uh, see a fog of uncertainty in a world without hope, Lord. We glorify you and we bless you and we thank you for this time as we culminate the 2022 season lord and prepare for 2023 we pray that we would finalize this year well this is being the last sunday of the month that we shall gather and we pray lord that as we meet in january we see the fulfillment of your goodness and purpose in our lives this we pray in jesus name amen and amen so usually right before the christmas holidays we read the portion of scriptures that deal with the Christmas season and um, try to understand what is being celebrated. We say the most miserable of those who celebrate upon the earth are actual people that know the scriptures. Um, you, if you imagine the context, the historical context is that the people that knew that Christ would be born in Bethlehem and actually led the, um, the three kings uh, of Orient, as they led them to the place where the Savior would be born, they didn't even show up. How, how could you be invited and know the scriptures and the prophetic utterances of the time and the place of Christ's birth, and you don't show up? Much less, they didn't show up, they didn't bring presents, they weren't, they weren't equipped to be able to participate in the most glorious event happening. Even how the prophetic utterance of Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 they, they knew it 500 years before Jesus would come for unto us a child is born that was the the prophets would announce the coming of Christ unto us a son is given the government the, the established kingdom upon his shoulders his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace um, this 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 announcement and proclamation with 500 years of uh a precursor invitation and the people did not show up 
um, the, the, the religious, the scholarly, the, the, the theological, the well-intended. It seems to be that those that know more do less. And it's a travesty to uh, our cause um, of, of, of pursuing the times and seasons of God. And, and I've, I've said it many, many times. There's no greater loss on this side of eternity than to miss God. To miss God. And he's done all the pronouncements for your presence to be there. The parable of the king at the wedding feast. That he sent out invitations throughout the land and nobody came. They refused to come. So then he says, then invite those people that are not invited. Invite the people that they don't even know. And so go out to every crevice upon the land, um, God calling us to be attentive and to be participants of a glorious undertaking here upon the earth. So um, from the crib to the cross, we see the pronouncements of times and seasons according to the, the miracle birth of Christ um, moved by the Spirit of God to fulfill what is considered the greatest story ever told. And, and how is this embodiment of uh, the divine be birthed out of a womb and there in a manger, the, the glorious announcement to the shepherds in the field, uh, the choir of angels moved the shepherds to be present at that moment. And they came and they saw and they heard and they participated. But, but why, why miss what God wants to do upon the earth. I want to acknowledge that the, the angel would tell Mary what uh, child was this that would be born. Uh, that song is great. Uh, Mary, did you know you're about to birth uh, the seed of God. When you kiss that baby, you're kissing the face of God. And, and so uh, just, just levels the measure of expression of how God has ushered in the age um, and then we're so disconnected. I, I want to suggest that every womb, uh, I don't know if we have a picture of baby Malpica. We, we showed it on Wednesday. Here's a baby that was born this week to our church, uh, to Jonathan and to Hani. And, and we're celebrating, they named him Israel. And, and so he popped out of the belly there and now he's on the scene. And, and watch this, what I'm trying to say here does his parents understand why he's coming? Are, are they going to raise him up to be the purposeful champion and prince on this side of eternity with great prophetic utterances of championing life and proclaiming the gospel? Will he be an instrument of God? Will he be a vessel of the Lord this side of eternity? You guys know the story with my sons. Um, uh, while we were in Christ and we were thankful for the uh, offspring that God gave us. Um, it wasn't until they were one, two, and three years old that I was coming back from the courthouse as a lawyer. And the Lord, it was about 11 o'clock at night. They were already in bed and asleep. And the Lord says, look in there. And it, it was the Holy Spirit just, just tugged on my heart. And I looked in there. I said, yeah, there's three rug rats, uh, crumb snatchers, little babies, and that, that's, that's the measure of what I saw. And the Lord says, no, they are my servants, respect them. 
raised them up to be the champions I've brought, birthed them upon the earth to become. Now 25 years later at 28, 27, and 26, they are princes amongst God's people. They've towed the line unlike anybody in their years of, uh, uh, of graduate class and, and professional life and their standard here in the church. This year we, we ordained my three sons uh, together with Pastor Javier. Um, the significance of the times of God for his provision to be attentive to those. And that's what marvels me about the Christmas story. Everything has large, large measure of weight in, in everything that took place in these, this classic Christmas story. In, in other words, they were moved by God, Joseph and Mary, to go down out of Galilee into Bethlehem according to the edict of the, um, what's that called, the census, where, where they actually, if it would have been a Cuban family, they wouldn't have shown up. They would have stayed in Galilee because they wouldn't keep the laws of, of man. They, they, they're always hiding and conniving and, and diverting and cheating and, and not where they need to be when they need to be there. And, and that's been my contention about the church. If you're not plugged in to the reality of the local church, you miss the development of God for your lives. This is not about coming to a, a liturgy of an expression outside where we watch the performance. No, in the church is the greenhouse of God where we are being transformed from glory to glory, being useful vessels of God, no longer living according to the vanity of this world. So in that regards, I, I just wanted to touch on this and I'm not gonna be long-winded or extended, but I want you to capture um, what God has put in my heart that really it always impresses me as I look at the Christmas story, how the significance of time, place, and persons are all lined up to meet these wonderful expressions of God's fulfillment of his redemption plan. So at a young, at a young age, Joseph and Mary move uh, in a direction um, to fulfill God's plan. Uh, had the kings come directed by the star, the appearing of the time of the great star that they were following, also, um, they, they had to know something about how to move in that direction. Um, I look up at the stars and I'm lost. I don't know what it means. I don't know where it is or how it comes. But, but God has markers in our lives in these last days the, the pastors, the men of God are the stars, not celebrity wise, but the unmovable references that allow us to chart our course. The, the travesty of following a shooting star. What's that mean? You're out in the middle of the ocean and you're tracking your, your, your measure, you're tracking yourself by the heavens and then all of a sudden, it fizzles out and you're like, oh, it lights out. I have nowhere to go. I don't know where I'm at now. So the pastors are a reference point that are shining bright for you to move in the direction of God. There's no one like it upon the earth. Have um, the, the, the attack and the assault that is happening upon shepherds all over the place. 
from suicide to just throwing the towel and calling it quits is a travesty for our generation. Even when you distance yourself and move yourself outside of the presence of a man of God, you lose the measure of the call of God for your life. Because if he's a legitimate pastor, he's calling you to higher ground. He's calling you to the purpose of God. He, he vehemently rebukes you should you decide to check out and live like the world lives. The Bible says the Gentiles who are tossed to and fro, they're, they're moved. Um, the spirit of mammon, the, the voice of the love of money. Have you ever been somewhere and something actually talks to you? It's like either clothes or a car or a boat, and it says, you really need me. And that's the voice of mammon. But we want to hear the voice of God. And the Bible says, if you strike the shepherd, the sheep are scattered. So this reference point in the Christmas holidays, and, and this is where I want to come to in our focus, that, that there is a two measures of time according to the Bible. I've never taught them because... I'm not very familiar, but the understanding I have this morning is that in the ancient times, the Greeks measured two measures of time. One spoken in the Bible, chronos, which you, you, you get a sand glass, an hourglass, and you just flip it on a side, and the, the, the time of the sands fall, no big deal. Um, if there was a, a, a time limit to accomplish a purpose or give an answer, then there's a little stress. But, but it's just going through time, and, and time is seconds and minutes and hours and weeks and months and years. And that's called chronos, where the time is just ticking with no particularity of purpose. We all know that this year, I was talking to somebody yesterday, he said, I can't believe the year's over. This whole 2022 started yesterday and is today, and, and we have a couple of days, and the year is over. So if you thought you were going to accomplish something in 2022, guess what? Too late because it's not going to be here much longer. So that's chronos in time. But here there's another word that we see in the Bible, and it talks about kairos. It's a time where God appoints divine expressions of things that are to happen, and, and we, the people of God, while we are all in the framework of chronos seeing us age. How many have seen you age? Now, those of you that know me, I'm trying to age gracefully it's not happening uh, but but age just happens and there's no particularly madness about it it's just we we, we get older and th th you know yesterday the kids were in the home one of the things of the season we're in right now um, is that Nicholas Joshua and Brandon have left the home you know two got married and one moved to the north because he's working at a law firm and they all did successfully exits and withdrawals from our house. We are, we are blessed by the champions God has given us who honored us well into their mid-20s. And, and some have married. Um, and, and Joshua is going on with his profession and, and expecting to be married. But watch this. that The emptiness in our home in this season is the most horrible expression for me and Yvette. Because all three rooms are vacant. They're empty. And so I'm like, Where's the noise? Where's the guys? Where's the boys? They're gone. It's over. That, that season will never happen again. Uh, there's a joyful side of it, but there's a horrible um, existence of a, they call it empty nesting. It's not empty nesting. 
you, you might as well not be alive anymore. Um, because we had such a wonderful time for 25 years enjoying this incredible family environment. Um, it didn't matter what was going on. Uh, there was always huddles at the end of the day. How's your life going? What's going on? Those are gone. Now they're huddling over at the cross town in their own homes um, with their wives. Um, but, but I'm saying that, that these seasons are amazing. And, and what I want to share this morning is this Christmas expression of times and seasons. We, we see it throughout the story uh, found in Luke chapter 2. As, we, as you guys know the story, and for some people, they don't know the Christmas story. Um, the first expressions of these uh, young men that were visited on the side of the, the field. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Now in those days, a decree came out from Caesar Augustus that all the inhabitants of the world should be registered in a census. Verse 2. This was the first census taken uh, while the governor of Syria, Quirinus, uh, verse 3, and everyone went to register for their senses, each to his own city. So verse 4, Joseph once, uh, goes up from Galilee, uh, the city of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. So in his relocation there, uh, they say it's about 60 miles from Galilee, walking distance, uh, to Beth Bethlehem. Because he was of the house of the family of David. In order to register with Mary who was betrothed to him. They were engaged. They were uh, pregnant with a child. Uh, verse 6. While they were in Bethlehem. The time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to a son. Glorious. Thank you Jesus for coming on the scene. Her firstborn wrapped in swaddling clothes. Um, all the, the theological and historical context of being in a manger. Uh, they say they laid him in the feeding trough of animals wrapped up in this cloth that is how they usually um, treated the lamb that would be slain. So he's birthed to be the lamb slain before the beginnings of the world uh, there in that stable. Um, and it came time for her to be born because there was no room for them at the inn. Uh, verse 8, in that same region, there were shepherds staying in the field, keeping watch of their flock by night. Verse 9, and the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord flashed and shone around them, and they were terribly afraid. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. For as this day in the city of David, there has been born to you a Savior, Christ the Lord, the Messiah. And this will be a sign for you by which you will recognize him. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Very awkward, very unusual. Verse 13, then suddenly there appeared in the sky the angels, a multitude, a choir of a heavenly host praising God. And they were saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, let there be peace to men with whom he is well pleased. As they were seeing this spectacle, Verse 15, when the angels had been gone into heaven, the shepherds began to ask one another, let us go and see this great account and see this wonderful thing that has happened with the Lord, which he has made known to us. So they went in a hurry and found him and had seen this. They made known what had been told to them about the child and all who heard it were astonished and wondered 
at what time the shepherds told them. Verse 19, but Mary treasured these things in her heart, giving careful thought to them, pondering them in her heart. Verse 20, the shepherds returned and they were glorifying God and praising him for all that they had heard and all the things that had been seen. Matthew chapter 2, the additional account of the Herod the king sees the Magi wise men coming from the east in Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. After Jesus was born and they, they equate that the time between the shepherds showing up at the manger and this account might have been anywhere for two years and they lived in the nearby season. These wise men came from the east following the star. There in verse 2, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was disturbed because he thought a king would take his place and all of Jerusalem with him. So he called together the chief priests and the scribes and the people anxiously asked them where the Christ was to be born, the anointed one, the Messiah. And they replied, verse 5, to him in Bethlehem of Judea for what has been written by the prophet Micah. And so they quote scripture, verse 6, and you Bethlehem in the land of Judea are not in any ways least of these leaders of Judah for from you shall come a ruler and he shall shepherd my people Israel. So you see the arrangements of them. Verse seven, Herod secretly sent for the Magi, the wise men and told them the exact time the star had appeared and the verse eight, then he sent them to Bethlehem, go and search carefully for the child. When you have found him, report him to me so that I might come and worship him. That's not true. He wanted to kill, he wanted to come and kill him. And after hearing the king, they went their way and behold the star which they had seen in the east went on before them and continually led them until it came over the place where the young, not baby, but child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly great. And after entering the house, no longer a stable or a manger, now it's a physical house, they saw the child and Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him, then opening up their gifts, their treasure chest. They gave him gifts fit for a king of gold, mirror, and frankincense. Verse 12, having been warned by God in a dream not to go back to Herod, the wise men left for their own country by another road. So uh, the message this morning is as we celebrate the Christmas holidays and we contemplate the purpose you guys know it's not about Santa. It's not about the stupidity of, of missing the mark of celebrating the greatest gift ever given. Uh, it's about acknowledging it. But I, I want you to go a little bit further as the people of God. Because I believe that just as this account began in the Christmas story, its fulfillment is in you and I knowing the times and season, not the chronos, filling your time with activity, because you're missing appointments with God. Um, the, the way that some of the scripture talks about the difference of time, 1 Chronicles 12, 32, it says that the descendants of a wise man, the sons of Issachar. There's a the wise man in the old. Um, I, I thank God that with my sons and my daughter, I, I've purposefully talked to them about waiting the times of God. To not live life in, 
in a, fa- a flash of emotional pursuit, but to wait. Um, the timing of God, like you guys witnessed with Nick and Ariana, uh, what, if, if they would have done things out of season and out of place, it wouldn't have matured to the right season in the right place to be enjoyable. Maybe the stress would be through the roof and, and not the, it's almost like taking food out of the oven before time. It just gives you a bellyache. But to let it cook, let it mature. This is my, my voice to my daughter. Don't, don't rush ahead to a season without God. Make sure that you're not living chronos and stressed out about the time, the sands of the time that is just passing, but make it a significant time. And, and years ago, I would tell my daughter, it's not about you're waiting on God so much as God is waiting on you. You need to prepare for that season that you long for in being a wife or in starting a family and in, in growing up in that responsibility. The sons of Issachar, because they understood the times, in, in being able to tap, not the chronos, but the kairos, they knew what Israel ought to do. And their sons were, were the rulers of their uh, families because they knew how to do times and seasons, right? And there's nothing worse than a young man who says, let's have sex before marriage. How, how awful, what a curse that you would be moved to ruin what God holds out so precious. And so the preciousness of the time and the season that God has for all things. Right now, many of you, my concern, I'll tell you as a bishop, as an overseer of this church spiritually, um, you're raising children. You're raising boys and girls. If they misunderstanding God's times and season because they don't see the importance of it, you're not preparing them for the next season. They're not going to understand how to toe the line for a family and a marriage and in their finances. So being able to mature in this area, well, we, we have long said, and this is one of the verses that I enjoy, um, in, in how God has established us over the, the land, that it's just not just scatterbrained existence. Look what this verse says, and maybe it touches your heart too, Acts 17, 26. He has made us from every bloodline. This, this verse really does away with racism. The people says, oh, you're so racist. There's only one race. It's called the human race. We all have Adam and Eve as our fathers. And if the distinctions of the color of our flesh or our ethnic, ethnicity, uh, ethnic backgrounds, if it moves you in any course, you, you need to grow up and to come to the reality that God put one man, one woman, and from that bloodline, the Bible says, every nation of man. He has made from one blood every nation of men. Oh, but they're African, they're black, they're, they're Hispanic, they're Asian. No, my friend, we're, we're all different expressions of outwardly existent, but in God's economy, one bloodline to every nation of men. So, so you do away with what the devil wants to do. And he put them to dwell upon the face of the earth. Look how important this is. Determining their pre-appointed times. Now, as, as a lot of people says, well, God showed up late. No, he doesn't. He's a timely God. He does everything beautiful in his time. We're to match his timeline and him not rush to ours 
uh, that we're falling behind, that we're running ahead. You could backslide, you could front slide. You want to be in God's appointed time and place, the kairos of God for life. That 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 much more understood as you only have days appointed you on this side of eternity. That means that God determined the time you were going to be born and he has already established the time of your last breath. So you need not say, I wonder when the heart attack is coming. No, because everybody dies for the same reason. They stop breathing. It'll come to time and a place you'll take your last breath. And so you don't have to fear that because that's not going to be rushed upon you and it's not going to be delayed. You, can, you can't preserve it. We've seen that in our lifetime. God has, say with me, determined pre-appointed times. He, he has it played out. I was telling one of the families of our church, look, the devil's shaking you, he's baking you, he's raking you, he's moving you, he's tossing you. But God's time for your family will be established for his glory. Don't be moved by circumstance. Be moved by understanding that God has pre-appointed the times. And notwithstanding the times, but the pre-appointed boundaries of where you're supposed to be. And so you see in the old movies and even the, the latest movie with Mel Gibson, the, the Mexican Mayas. Um, I don't know what it's called, but, but these tribes would go into communities and grab people groups and move them outside of their familiarity to make them lose their identity. And it happened all over the place as a, a, a secret strategy of conquest is to, to capture peoples and take them to foreign lands where they do not know the language. We see this happen to Israel in the time of Babylon. All these Babylonian young men uh, Israeli young men were taken into Babylon and given different names. Why? Because the devil wants you to lose your time and your identity and your pre-appointed place because that's where you're supposed to accomplish your purpose. It's really powerful. The devil knows these things. The Bible even says that because he knows his time is limited, he needs to move faster. He knows that this thing is about to come to a conclusion, so the devil is acting with wisdom, redeeming the time. Who's supposed to be doing that? Ephesians 5.15. He says, do not be foolish. Let's put that up there. See then how you walk circumspectly, not as fools. Fools miss. I'm going to have to confess something. There are times where I have very important meetings. And in my head, I'm going to be there. And so it just happened last month. Uh, I had a very, very important meeting. And I'm telling Yvette, listen, I need to be at that meeting. So we're prepared. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to shower. I'm going to get dressed. In my and I sit down to my meeting. It's on the Zoom meeting. And I plug in. And I, nothing's happening. And I'm ready. And I'm sharp. And I, I have studied. I'm prepared for this meeting. And so I said, I wonder why people are taking so long. And so I called the directors of the meeting. And they said, Dr. Molina. I said, yeah, I'm sitting here waiting for the meeting. They said, it was yesterday. And, and, and how you feel like a total imbecile. 
You missed where you were supposed to show up and participate. I, I imagine that it would be horrific that, that Patrick has a flight to take off and he thinks it's the next day. And everybody's in the airplane waiting and where's the pilot? And, you know, he, so this is what this is talking about. Don't be a fool to miss your divine time and appointment with God. Verse 16, it says like this, redeeming the time. Don't, don't, don't miss it. But, but bring it in because the days are evil and confusing. Verse 17, he says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So again, going back to you raising this champion and these girls that need to be fathered in a manner that equips them for tomorrow. You know what happens when a parent misses that? It's, it's not recoverable. In the time where you were supposed to raise up and prepare your children to be the champions they need to be, you were in another direction, in another course, and you missed out the equipping of your children. Same thing for marriage. As so many people drop the ball in the preparations of times and seasons, and, and they wish that everything would have gone well, but they didn't do what they needed to do when they needed to do it. So now they live a course, uh, we call it a train wreck, a crash course, because they miss God's timing in the preparation in whatever course. Acts chapter 13, verse 36, David, after he served his purpose in God's, the purpose of God in his own generation, after he served his own generation by the will of God. One of the things that, that was pulling on our hearts strong during those years that I was a lawyer and working hard, I said, Lord, I don't want to miss out my calling on this side of eternity. I, I could become very wealthy. I could be involved in a lot of economic transactions and investments and returns, but I knew that there was a window of opportunity where this church was born, where my time was more precious in the hands of God, where this world is calling to you to serve other interests but to have an ear to hear the voice of God. And this is what the Christmas story to me fascinates me of a young couple, Joseph and Mary, and, and the shepherds and, and the angels and time and place incidental to all things for the glory of God. And I, I want to suggest as time plays out in the coming weeks, months, and years that you not be negligible and disattentive to time, season, and place the visitation of nations. We've gone into nations. They haven't understood our time there. We, we've, we've gone to churches that, that missed it. it. We were the provision of God to be able to transform the nations for his glory. Um, and that's the futility of Ecclesiastes 2. If you read with me... <clears throat> This passage in Ecclesiastes 2, because the deep depression in the life of this preacher was the fact that he missed God giving his time for laughter. The Bible, the Bible says he, he, he dedicated his time to make wealth. He dedicated his time to, to figure out the purpose of life and the culmination of missing God, and I, I want to say it because this is what's happening in the world today. In verse 12, 
the, the seeking of, we're reading Ecclesiastes 2.12. He was seeking knowledge and wisdom. And you see people, the, all these latest technological giants, they are gathering all manner of this crypto existence of currency, digital, uh, the metaverse. They're living a fantasy world and they're missing out the reality of the purpose of God in the real world. Your significance comes from doing what God wants you to do in the real world, not tapping into the caricature of a fantasy world, picking your life as you want, and not championing life as God designed it. So he wants you to be a real hero and not a fake hero. He wants you to understand how to steward real money and not be moving with fake money. We saw this, this episode happen. So I turned myself to wisdom, and madness and folly ensued. And what can the man do who succeeds the king? Only what he has already done. So as he pursued all these scenarios of wisdom, of laughter, um, the Bible says in verse 17, I hated life. He had lost the significance of his purpose on this side of eternity, taking him to despise his very existence because the works that was done under the sun. He not only hated life, verse 18, he hated labor. When you miss God and do things out of season and out of right, um, I asked the Lord early on in my career as a lawyer, I said, Lord, how come I'm not a multimillionaire? And the Lord says, because that's not my plan for your life. I said, okay. And I said, but aren't you concerned that I'm poor? And he says, no, because the just shall live by faith. I need you to see my hand continually providing for you so that your confidence doesn't become your wealth where you trust in what you have and not in who has you so super important lessons and i've taught these to my children so my children know how to have abundant blessing and they know to go without they they know the seasons of god and his provision is faithful and they're not throwing a tantrum because they don't understand the move of god they don't hate life they don't hate their work they they have come to have contentment and so there as he is learning these lessons in life for our sake verse 17 says i hated life verse 18 says i hated labor and then he despises everything under the sun nothing was enjoyable nothing was pleasurable and so in this lesson that he's learning that life is not about the things you pursue and obtaining them but chapter 3 verse 1 to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven so learning how to champion those times and those seasons understanding the christmas story is about the kairos of god in the movement of god upon the earth i, I want to suggest that being able to fulfill the christmas story in our own families is to be where god wants us to be when he wants us to be there and we're developing and preparing for what's going to come to pass as he uses us to fill the earth with his glory. So I, I think it's a powerful thing and in the introduction of, Lord, I know that I have to inevitably live the chronos. One of the things that in my heart, uh, I was always fast and furious. I wanted to see God just finish it today. you know. And that's not how God works. That God has a season of appointed times under the heavens where there's going to be a rite of passage, you need to be there. You need to be attentive to the voice of God, to who and where you keep your fellowship and company. 
Um, Psalm 90 verse 12 is that verse that we pray often where it says, Lord, teach us to number our days that we might live with a heart of wisdom. I, I, I want to tell you something. If I'm on this side of eternity and God has birthed us out with a purpose to fill his earth with glory, I don't want to miss where I need to be, when I need to be there, doing what I need to be. But I, I want to encourage you not to miss your divine appointments with God and the seasons you, God has with your children to launch them in the purpose of God to fulfill his desire. Galatians 4.4 4 says that uh, indiscriminately where when the fullness of time had come, when the right time was ready, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. And so that is the Christmas story. Um, as Christ lived according to the time, the Bible says in the last days, people will exchange the glory of God for the glory of the earth. And so they, they, they chart their course according to events that have no eternal purpose. I, I remember one guy was going to a Rolling Stones concert on the other side of the planet and, and he had taken his days off and he had invested and he had his flights and his hotel and him and his best friends were lined up and purposeful to go and have a earthly expression of what they considered the glory. I, I want us to be on the airplane with the people that are important in our lives going to move with God upon the nations and have visitations of a glorious existence um, in God's kairos. So let's stand this morning and ask God, Lord, um, uh, fulfill your, your appointed time for my life this side of eternity. Um, we, can, we can make sure we chart the course to see some of the things that are in the natural realm. But, but how glorious would it be for your family, your marriage, uh, your children to to live life with their finger on the pulse of God's kairos. Where, what is the time of your visitation? Where, where is the equipping place? Uh, I, I don't want to miss being prepared for the things that God has purpose. There in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says that these things have been written um, that eyes have not seen Ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I, I really think that like pieces in a chessboard game, uh, the hand of God is strong upon our lives. If, if we are vulnerable and willing to be moved by God uh, to fulfill things that we will rejoice a long time after they occur, because we were participants of the move of God upon the earth, just as Joseph and Mary and this child was born. And, and we see the kairos of God upon this family um, from the crib to the cross. We, we see that, that he faithfully moved with God to fulfill God's purpose. And for this reason, the Bible says that he's given a name above all names. Uh, that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord of Lord and King of Kings for the glory of the Father. Um, this side of eternity, you're not just like a leaf that is blown in the wind. Um, if your heart is right and your disposition is correct, uh, you're moving uh, as an instrument of God for time and place to really bless your generations. Um, and not 
like the Gentiles, the Bible says, they're just, they're going to and fro. Um, the Bible says they're like clouds without water. They're just blown. They're like waves of the sea. They, they, they're just coming and going and there's no purposeful existence. Uh, I want to declare to you that you are, you have come to the earth for such a time as this. Uh, in God's kairos, you are an instrument in God's hand uh, for the fulfillment of his purpose for the glory uh, and honor of God. So, Father, we thank you for this morning, and we bless your name in the house of God. And our sons are not just here as additional members of their generation, but they are actually chosen by you from their mother's womb. They are the, the young rulers and princes that will establish the fear of God over the nations as they are being equipped and prepared under godly instruction we pray, Father God, that, that nothing should be lacking their development and preparation and that their parents see it as a Kairos moment to raise up champions for the glory of the Father who will serve their generation in the purpose of God. They, they will take places of prominence and they're instrumental in speaking words of truth and wisdom and fear of God, that they would proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, that our marriages also in the season that you've allowed us to have a companion, uh, whether in that, in that relationship, serve for your purpose, Lord, that we might be a blessing to other families, Lord. Uh, bring us the encouragement that two are better than one. They have a greater reward, Lord. Allow us to be insightful and purposeful with our wives, with our husbands, uh, to join in the purpose to fulfill God's plan. And even the single people, Lord, that... They, they feel that they're awkwardly out of season, that they not move outside of your kairos for the appointed time and place as you have prepared them. Allow them to see the inside of your hand moving their lives for a visitation of God upon the world, Lord. We glorify you. We thank you for the birth of our God and King. Thank you for the Christmas story and the dynamics of time and place and people's all moving, Lord, to fulfill uh, this great redemption plan, this glorious plan that you had with this baby child who became the king of glory. We give you thanks. We ask your Holy Spirit to move our lives and that we might be sensitive and willing to hear your voice louder than the voice of Mammon, than the voice of Jezebel, than the voice of selfishness in the last days, that we might be your people to hear your voice and move in our calling for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, and all the people said, amen, amen, and amen. So this will be the dismissal of our last Sunday. We have a, a Sunday service, obviously, at 12 in uh, Spanish, an evening service with Pastor Richie at 6 o'clock. You can come out here and rejoice, um, and then we will break for two weeks. Now, you guys know what happens when two weeks go by, right? You distance yourself. Make sure that the devil is not reeling you in, okay? So stay close to godly family, celebrate, and enjoy your Christmas holidays. God bless you. Merry Christmas.